Amen. So glad to be saved tonight. Amen. Amen. So glad for the service this morning. Really, really helped me, really encouraged me. And uh, I'm so thankful for you came and gave your life to Christ. And Pastor preached a great message and just have the opportunity to lead somebody to Jesus. That excites me. I hope that excites you young people to see that, to share your faith and to be able to talk to somebody about Jesus. So good to be saved. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5. Are we good, John? Praise God. 1 Peter, chapter 5. Earlier in the week, I thought I'd be over in 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, and preach there about Solomon and his vision and getting behind the, the vision of our pastor, which we need to do, amen, because where there's no vision, the people perish. Well, about Wednesday, I got over in 2 John. Uh, the one book there in 2 John thought was going to preach on the truth of God's Word, but it seemed like about Friday, God just said, I want you to preach on what I'm going to preach on tonight. So I pray I want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, and I want to be a help to you. You know why? Because it's helped me before it helped you. And nine times out of ten, the minister has to go through what they go through to help you. Amen? And I want to be a help to you. I want to be encouraged. But I hope and pray uh, that, that it's not just another Sunday night. It, it's a privilege. And I, have to, and I have to repent right here before God and before you all. This morning I came in. My schedule was a little bit off. And you know how that gets. When you get out of your schedule, you just get out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you might get aggravated. Can somebody say hey on me right there? And I looked at Brother Scott. He says, how you doing? I said, I'm here like about everybody else. I said that to you, didn't I? <laughs> And I said that to him, brother. But you know what? After the service, the Holy Ghost, it convicted my spirit. And I went to talk, or I went to Brother Scott, and I said, Scott, I want you to forgive me. Look at what are you talking about? I said to you that, that what I, statement that I made. I said, well, I'm here, like about everybody else, what they tell you. When I go around, hey, y'all do, well, I'm here. And I said, I'm sorry. I, I apologize for that. Because it's a privilege yeah. to come in the house of God. Yeah. Now, if you don't ever get that spirit, you pray for me. Because I'm not perfect. Amen? I, I come short of the glory of God. But tonight here in these scriptures, I'm telling you, there's wonderful manna from heaven. And I pray God will anoint us. I, I'll get out of the way. Then the Lord, is, if He'll give it to me like He has in the scriptures, and you'll be ready to receive it. I can't make you eat tonight. All I can do is preach the Word. That's all I know to do. But I pray that you're ready to receive what thus saith the Word of God. If you'll stand for the reading of God's Word. Verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm telling you, there's some good spiritual food here tonight. I really feel it. You feel I feel it already. Said the elders, notice leadership. This is Peter addressing the church. He's addressing the church. He said, which I'm among you, I exhort. He said, I'm encouraging you. And that's what I want to do tonight. I want to encourage you. Who is also an elder and a witness. And that means he's a parte or a, uh, he gave his testimony or he's on record. He said, I saw the sufferings of Christ and a partaker or a companion or a partner in the glory that shall be revealed. When I read that verse, I think about Matthew 17 when he's there on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus transformed and showed him a little bit of his glory. He said, I'm testifying. I've seen his glory. And I don't know about you all. There's been some services. I've seen his glory. <laughs> this morning was one of them services, brother. I saw you saw His glory. Hallelujah. The goodness of God. Notice what it says in the second verse. This is what our pastor does every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight there of the leadership, not for constraint or force, 
but willingly. I know he's going to like this. You look up that word willing, you know what it means? It means volunteer. Right. Amen, that leaking. Your pastor's original volunteer. Right. A volunteer means a volunteer. Right. Not for filthy lucre or, or dishonest gain, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords or a dictator over God's heritage, right. but as being an example or in samples, which means example to the flock. Did he not preach that this morning? He don't preach nothing to you that he don't try to live himself. Man, that's what we ought to be. And when the chief shepherd, you know who that is? That's Jesus. Do you remember that when Mark got up and he got up? He's talking about the chief shepherd when he comes. One day he's going to hand out rewards and shall appear and shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Verse 5. Likewise, you younger, those that haven't been saved that long. This will help us all. Those that new converts or hadn't been saved for long or don't have much Bible knowledge. Submit yourselves to an elder, those in leadership. We talked about that in that meeting, didn't we? He said, yea, all of you. And I, I told Pastor what I was going to preach on, so don't think I just picked this, guys. <laughs> yea, all of you, be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, in the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all you care upon Him, for He careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, you know who that is? He's the enemy. Look at each other. Look at, look at each other. You're not the enemy of each other. The devil is the enemy. If there's any confusion, it's not God. He's not the author of confusion. But He says there, be sober, be vigilant or watchful, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist, stand against, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions that are accomplished in your brethren. Just don't think tonight you're the only one. There's folk all over the world going through trials, through heartaches, through sorrow, but you can draw strength from one another. Amen? Watching each other go through things. Because I like this next verse. Hallelujah. Woo! Somebody ought to amen right there. But the God of all grace, I'm glad I serve Him. Of all grace. You know what grace is? It's unmerited favor. We don't deserve it, but He gives it to us anyway. Amen? Who hath called us into His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. After that you have suffered. Yes, I wish I could tell you that you're not going to suffer being a Christian. You're going to suffer. You're going to have heartaches. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have people turn their back upon you. But think about Jesus. Oh, He'll stay with you. After you have suffered a while, make you what? Perfect. What you say, preacher, that means mature. That means you can stand the storms. That means you've got off the milk of the Word and you've got on the meat of the Word and you can handle some good preaching. Amen? And He says, I establish you Strengthen you, settle you. To Him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. Brother Mark, will you turn thanks for the reading of God's Word? Yes, Lord, help us. Help us, Heavenly Father. You can be seated if you can. But I'm going to give you my text verse. 
before I do, I want to thank God for this opportunity. I want to thank the church. I want to thank my pastor for allowing me to stand. I don't feel worthy, but I'm glad he's made us worthy. But there, I want to give you my text verse, verse 7. You all have heard this many times in your life. It said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And if God be my helper, and if the next few moments the Holy Ghost will overshadow and give me the liberty, I want to preach on, does God really care for me? Does God really care for me? You can say that all you want to, but until you realize it yourself, God is so good to us, church. I'm telling you, you can read all the scriptures, but until you experience Him yourself, do you realize how much God cares for you? How much? Let me break that verse down to you. That word casting means, it means to like to roll your burdens upon Him. That word there, uh, casting all your care, that means your anxieties, uh, uh, your fears, your worries, and all your heartaches, all your problems, all of them. And I want to show you with the help of the Lord uh, three things that shows me in the scriptures of this chapter how that God really cares for you. Number one, how can he, How do you know God cares for you? Look, look at that in that fifth verse, or uh, yes, that sixth verse. He says, humble yourself therefore in the mighty hand of God. Number one, humble yourself in prayer. Humble yourself in prayer. Prayer is the greatest tool that we have as Christians. You say, what do you mean, preacher? I believe Dr. Agent Rogers had a quote. He said, prayer is the greatest privilege we have as Christians. Prayer is the greatest service we have as Christians. But not only that, it's also the greatest failure we have. You want to know why? It's the last thing we want to do is pray. But that's how you have fellowship with God. That's how you talk with God. Amen. And I want to give you scripture. First Peter, in this same uh, book, Peter, First Peter chapter 3 at verse 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over to the righteous, the saved, the born again, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord against them that do evil. God hears your prayers. God wants to walk with you. He wants to have fellowship with you. James chapter 5 verse 16, the latter part of that verse, the effectual or effective fervent supplication or prayer of the righteous man availeth much. I'm telling you, prayer can change things. But it stands, you've got to humble yourself. That's where it gets us. You've got to say, God, not my will. And if we're not willing to humble ourselves, sometimes we wonder why God don't answer our prayers. But are you humbling yourself? Are you being sincere with God? Are you being real with God? Are you taking spiritual inventory? Because if you're not humbling yourself, God will resist you. God will resist you. Huh? You remember, I want to say in Luke, Luke 8 or Luke 18, you remember the story of the Pharisee and the, and the publican that came to church and uh, the Pharisee stood over and looked at the publican and if you know anything about the publican, he was a tax collector, he was known to be a wicked man and he would do people wrong and he would uh, charge more than he should but you had the Pharisee that was supposed to be the religious right, the one that had legalism, the one that's supposed to uh, do all the dot the I's and cross the T's and you remember they went to the temple up to pray and one stood there, the Pharisee, and said, look at me. I don't commit adultery, I tithe, I pray three times a week, and I ain't even like this publican. And he points him out. And the publican looks back and couldn't even phrase his head up. He said, Lord, he smote his breast or his chest. He said, be merciful to me, a sinner. Guess whose prayer got heard? Jesus said one went home justified. 
That's what kind of prayer we're talking about. Being sincere with God and being honest before God. God knows your heart. God knows what you need even before you ask. Prayer. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God that He may exalt. And I think that same story he goes on to say, the one about the public and the Pharisee, he says, those that will exalt themselves shall be abased or brought down low. But those that are abased shall be exalted. I'm telling you, if you want to do anything for God or with God, you've got to be pliable. You've got to be moldable. God's got to be able to work with you and talk to you. And sometimes He takes that big old finger and it ain't easy. It ain't uh, understand. When like pastor does that hard preacher, he gets in you uh, patch or whatever you want to say and he starts hoeing out and he tries to get in there and get your heart where it ought to be. Why? It's because God's wanting you for service and God wants to use you and God wants to bless you. But it's Starts with prayer. Huh? So what do you mean, preacher? I pray all the time. But are they sincere prayers according to God's will? There's folk I know right now that would tell you that are not Christians, are not saved, and they tell me all the I pray. But there's a difference between his children and not his children. And I want to give you scripture. I'm not being mean. But the Bible said in Psalm 66, 18, says, If I regard iniquity... In my heart, the Lord will not hear me. No word iniquity means simply sin or wickedness. You can't be living out in left field. You can't be that junkyard dog that he talked about this morning. Expect God to hear you. He will not. He will withdraw his spirit from you. I'll give you scripture. First John book. First John chapter 1. I believe it verse 8. said, God is light. And in Him there's no darkness. And if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us. And if you're not having prayer starts at an old-fashioned altar, when you get right with God, the very first fellowship you have with God is through prayer. That's how you begin to talk to God. And God walks with you. It begins in prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, happy day. You're a new baby but if he got born again gloriously saved he knows what I'm talking about the very first moment when you make contact with heaven and you get right with God his spirit goes in you and you know that you're a new creature in Christ it was because of a prayer prayer is awesome brother but he tells us to humble ourselves does God care? yes because he hears our prayers let me tell you this church and I know I kind of asked somebody this Friday, I asked them the question, I even asked my wife today just to see what the response would be. If I'd ask you that question, somebody on the job tomorrow, Alan comes to you and says, how do you think God, does God care for you? What would you say? Would you give them the dignified answer? Well, the Bible says, X, so, and so. But to them, that's dead man words. But does God really care for you? How does he care for you? It's because of prayer. Prayer. Prayer, sincere prayer, and humbling yourself before Him. Because I've got scripture. John chapter 15, verse 7 said, If ye abide in me, or you abide in Jesus, my words abide in you, His word. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. In my notes, I put, Must be living according to God's word. That's why we get upset when God's not hearing our prayers. And if you are living according to God's word and he's not giving it to you, there has to be a reason. He's trying to teach you something. He's trying to mold you. He's trying to make you. Hey, I'm the, I'm the brother, I'm the, I want the prayer answered yesterday. But until he answers it, give me the reasons why. Show me in the word. What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to me learn, Lord? 
Because me and my wife, and I know she'll say amen to this. I'm tired of starting over. I want to get out of this class, don't you? Because if you don't learn, he'll put you back through it again and again and again. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you, there'll be times in your life that old devil, that old adversary, that old enemy, he'll manipulate your mind. He'll tell you God don't care about you. I said, you child of God, God don't love you. God ain't for you. And that's nothing but out of the pits of hell. Because I'm going to tell you something. There'll be times, I believe it's over in Matthew chapter 11. John the Baptist, we know about him. He's the, uh, Jesus said himself, there's no greater man born out of woman than John the Baptist. But John was real. He was human like us. And you would never think that somebody in the Bible would say this, but I'm telling you this. When you're going through storms and heartaches and disappointments and you're praying and you feel like God don't care and you're standing up for what's right, you're being persecuted or you're forsaken or, or, or people turn their back on you, know, you know what? John got in that shape, John the Baptist. He sent two disciples. He'd heard the works of Christ, what Jesus was doing, the raising of the dead, the healing and all the things that Jesus... He said this very question, and I've even answered it. I mean, I've asked myself this many times in, in, in life and through storms. He said, are you the one? Are you the one or should we look for another? Right. What did Jesus say about John? He said, none greater than John. But John's mind got manipulated because of his circumstances, because of his problems. Yes, yes. But he was praying sincerely. He said, go ask him if he's another. And you know what happened? Jesus heard that prayer. Woo! He said, you go back and tell John that the great dead have been raised, the cripples have been touched, and I'm the one, and blessed he that who's offended in my name. And you know what I think happened to me? I believe old John was ready to go to that old chopping block. I believe he'd give him dying grace because he's the God of all grace. I read it to you. <laughs> but you know what he had to do it through, Brother Mark? He had to do it through prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Not only that, let me go on. Number two, not only do we see that God cares about you and through prayer, look at verse 9. Whom? Let me back up to verse 8. But be sober, clear thinking. I'm telling you, that's how you, you, you be able to walk with God. you got to be clearly thinking. Your mind can be manipulated. Don't let the world and the things of the world influence you. Or I mean, I could really hammer this. You mentioned a little bit this morning. But alternating drugs or alcohol, stay away from it, child of God. You don't need it. Because that same individual I asked about Friday where, where I was talking to about, does God really care for him again? I said, you know what? Another symptom, not just prayer, but once you get in that prayer, his presence comes in. And I said, you know, back before I got right with God, and I don't brag or boast or anything, we've all got a past of some sort doing things or whatever, trying to think that that alcohol is going to be a remedy for our life. It makes you feel like you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof, the old song, Stupid Stupidity is about. But, I mean, he tries to put a fire inside of you. I said, you know what? Once I got saved, got my life right, and got prayer right, you know what that presence did? It put a fire shut up in my bones. That's how you know he's real. That fire shut up in your bones. Having His presence in your life. So we don't need those things. The devil wants to give you a counterfeit. And if you've got those things in your life, it's hindering you. You know what the Bible tells us to do? Lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset us and run the, pace with, run the race with patience, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lay it aside. You don't need it. You've got prayer. Lord, and when you've got
presence. You know what Moses said out there in Exodus? He said, Lord, let me go nowhere if your presence don't go with me. That's where we ought to be, child of God. Do you want me to go here, God? Do you want me to go there? Can His presence go with you? Can your prayer life still be clean if you go there? Or if you do this? It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it, Brother Aaron. It ain't worth it to lose your power with God. I'm telling you, it ain't worth it or His presence and His fellowship. But He said, be sober or clear thinking. Be vigilant or watchful. Because your adversary, the devil, has a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil don't play fair. He wants to destroy your life tonight if he he could. But I'm going to give you the next thing here. Look, whom resist or stand against steadfast in the faith. Number two, how do I know God really cares for me? Get in God's word. Get in God's word. What do you mean, preacher? How many this week have picked up this old blessed book and read it? You're no match for the devil, but greater is he within me than he that's in the world. It's because of his word. It'll help you. It'll strengthen you. When you're going through storms or trials or even in good times, read his word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself to prove. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Psalms 119.105, Thy word is a lamp unto my path, or a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms 119 verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. Do you realize sin cost Jesus his life? Do you all realize that? So I'm telling you, you can't dilly-dabble and play with the world and expect God to bless you. He will not bless you. But get in His Word and study and read and seek His face because He will bless you. He will mold you. He will make you a different person. I'm telling you, when I think back, uh, you know, even when I was studying, and Brother John's not with us here this week, but I thought about him last week when he was preaching his very first message. It made me go back in my mind of remembrance and how that I had to study for my very first time. And I looked up the, the passages of Scripture that God laid upon my heart. I've never forgotten it over in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. And verse 5 was my text verse. And at the latter part it says, Ye can do nothing without me. And Sister Kim, as I stand here in this pulpit, I'm still that way. I can't do nothing without Jesus. Child of God, you can do nothing without Jesus. But I know that He cares for me because when I pray, seek His face, get His presence, uh, I get in His Word, uh, I know that He's with me. My, my, my. My, my, my. Uh, how many's gotten His Word this week? You don't have to raise your hand. Have you gotten His Word this this week? I'm telling you. Because it'll help you. It'll cause you to grow. I believe it's over in 1 Peter, 2 Peter 3.18. He said, but to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the whole thing. You get in God's Word. He'll begin to mold you. He'll begin to make you. It'll take that 2 Corinthians 5.17. Man, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. How does it become new? It's because, Brother David, I get in the Word. And I start studying, I start reading, I start, I keep praying. I just didn't say one prayer and that was it. I have a continual life of prayer. I keep seeking God's face and I keep asking God, where would you want me to read next? Or which would you want me to study? I mean, teach me, mold me, make me. That's what we ought to be. And we grow in the grace of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He'll help you. He'll help you. 
Because He cares about you. He cares about you. God's Word. It's like fire. I believe Jeremiah said it's like a rock. And you keep hammering and you keep hammering and it'll break the stones. I'm telling you, the Word of God is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts, it cuts asunder and go to the very thoughts, the very mind, what you think. God can speak to you. It's through His Word. It's powerful. <laughs> but God cares. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful when I'm troubled. When I don't know which way to go. I can get in this blessed old book. I can turn to the Word of God. And I can go over to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, 6, and 7. And it says, Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge Him. And He'll direct you past. That's how I got that, Jason. I got it through the Word of God. Yes, He helps you. He helps you. And I know you all probably think this guy's a nut. He's easy. I'm telling you, if you'll get alone with Him, You'll have prayer with Him. You'll have fellowship with Him. You'll get His presence. You'll get in His Word. I'm telling you, life will change at your house. Amen. Huh? Amen. Huh? The devil keeps fighting me over this, but I'm telling you, I don't know how many times I've read this blessed book, wipe the tears, cry, just me and the Lord. Huh? Brother, you know what I'm talking about? Your heart is heavy. For a family that's in trouble or, or a need they got to have. And God's got to intervene if He don't intervene. But you get in His Word. and He brings comfort. He brings help. He brings strength. He brings... My God, somebody ought to amen that. Yeah. Woo! Bless His good name. Yeah. This blessed old book. It'll help you, brother. I don't know about you, Brother Mark, but you ever, you ever been alone with Him and you've just been a praying and seeking God? And He'll give you answers. He'll, he'll give you direction. You just want to go, Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Let me do that again, devil. Oh, that's a crazy preacher. No, I'm telling you. When you see the Word of God as a living book that's been breathed on by the Holy Ghost, it's our help. It's our resource. You know what most people think this is? I'll pick it up next Sunday. I'll pick it up next Sunday. And all the problems that they're going through and all the heartache they're going through and they never pray and they never crack the book. Preacher! Help me, preacher! Help me, preacher! Well, did you talk to the chief shepherd before you came to the under-shepherd? Huh? Because you can preach your guts out. You can pray your guts out. But if people don't want to live for them, you can't make them. Huh? I can't make you eat the Word of God tonight. All I can do is offer it. It's at the table. But it's a help to even Notice he said there, resist steadfast in the faith. So what are we talking about, preacher? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. The more you get in the Bible, believe in church, the more you get in a good Sunday school, men's class, women's class, prayer meeting, whatever you want to do, the more you grow with God, He'll help transform your life. Huh? Brother, give me a year. Let's check back with me. If your life ain't upside down, God ain't made you a different person. One of us is wrong. But it ain't God. Because uh, I'm just telling you, if you knew who I was at 19, now I'm 42. God's been good to me. God's been good to me. Because uh, you see the Greg side of preaching. You don't see the Greg side before. No, I wasn't a bad person. No, I didn't go out and kill nobody. But I was a sinner. I was a sinner like anybody else. You know, folk that go around, say things, do things, act so, they're just sinners. Pray for them. Because at one time you was that person. 
You had to pray. You had to get in the Word. Huh? Y'all getting this, young people? Does God really love you? Does God really care for you? Oh, He does. He does. Huh? And I hope somebody will help me on this last one. I saved the best for last. Huh? Not only does God really care about me through prayer, uh, through God's Word, lastly, look at that verse 7, my text verse. It said, casting all you care upon Him. If you rightly divide that, that would be talking about God. Cast it upon God. But how do you get to God? Through Jesus. Amen. Anytime you think God don't care about you, look at Calvary again. <laughs> Woo! Every time you're getting down and out and you feel discouraged, you feel like throwing in the towel, you feel like ain't hearing your prayer, look at Calvary one more time. Hallelujah. But God commended His love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Look at Calvary again. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We don't deserve it, but look to Jesus one more time. Jesus loves you unconditionally. He loves you with all of His heart. Because he paid a great price for you. And all your anxieties, all your worries, all your problems, you can lay them at Calvary's feet. Anybody else getting help? Because I'm telling you, when you're wore out and you're weary and you feel like giving up, get in the look at your prayer life. How is it? Some of them say, Well, preacher, I don't like to pray a lot. It don't matter how you pray, it's how sincere you pray. It ain't how long you pray, it ain't who you pray in front of, but it's how sincere you are. It's how sincere. Because I've seen folk get up and they got these big $500 words and it sounds all eloquent and all good. And I was between them and God, but I believe it went about as high as their mouth. But I've seen these folk, it ain't much to them, and you think they got much in this life, but they get in tune with God. (laughs) Woo! I'd rather have Jesus than anything I know. Huh? Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. Oh, He cares about you. He loves you. He paid a great price. And in closing, I want to give you a story about this verse. I heard this week, it just floored me. There was an individual I worked with was telling me about how he was witnessing to a guy that came to him and said, How do you know which Bible's right? How do you know which church is right? How do you know which denomination is right? He said, you get out your old King James, you get all these other versions out, and you study, and you start looking, all that's what's missing and what's going, and, and you, you just start seeking God's face on it. And this was a lost man. And he said, a lot of people got on to me for saying that, because I am a King James only. You may throw rocks at me, that's all I ever, that's all I ever have. That's what I want to stand on, because I believe it's closest to the Hebrew Greek manuscripts. I believe it's been breathed on by the Holy Spirit. And I know that makes some people cringe or some people, uh, but I'm just telling you that's my conviction. That's what I'm going to stand on. That's between you and God. But anyway, five years down the road went. And finally, this individual calls this person up that told me this story. He said, you're a hard person to get a hold of. He said, why is that? He said, I wanted to tell you something. He said, what's that? He said, I got saved. He said, you got saved? He said, yep. And he said, well, how'd that happen? 
He said, would you remember when you told me that story about getting my Bible out, get the King James out and all this other He said, every time I'd start reading, for some reason, God would keep directing me back to the King James. And I'd keep going. And I'd go to all these different churches, whether they be big, fancy. But he said, the very last church I went to, they welcomed me in. There's probably about four or five people there. He said, I went in and I sat down and they were so friendly to me. He said, I'd never seen that. They were so nice. That ought to say something, church. Amen. People look at you when you're friendly or not. But anyway, that's free. It didn't cost you nothing, Matt. But anyway, he said, I went on up and the preacher got up and this is the way he said. He said, I'm going to trust the Lord this morning. I'm going to trust the Lord this morning. And I'm going to open the book. And whatever he gives me, that's what I'm going to use. He said, he went down there and he went, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And he said, that man of God got up and he preached his heart out. And he said something in that service said, you need to be saved. You need to come and get right with God. And those four people saw this individual get up, walk down the aisle, and give his life to Christ. Because he cast all of his cares upon him through a prayer, through the word, and then on the cross. Tell me God's word ain't powerful. Uh, let's every head bowed and every eye closed.